Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey there, it's me. You're listening to episode number 86. This is another round table talk episode. In this episode, Heather Williams, Amy Norris, and I talk with Emily Jorgensen. Emily believes in showing up for each other, showing up for the real, ordinary, and extraordinary parts of life. She thinks the most beautiful traits a human can possess are grace, rawness, and vulnerability. When people possess those traits, and if they are willing to do the hard work of leaning in, feeling uncomfortable, and owning their stories, they can find their true purpose. When Emily started doing the hard work, she came to the realization that her purpose was to serve others while giving grace. When people are fully granting grace to others, they are loving them without judgment and accepting them for who they are at that exact moment in time. When people do those two things, they are able to show up for each other. It might be hard, it might take courage, but it is the most important thing people can do for each other. Emily's roots will always be in Michigan, but she loves being able to call Colorado home. She has been married to her hunk of a husband for four years, and they have three of the most amazing children. It is within one of Emily's own difficult moments that she gained the idea for starting the nonprofit Grace Upon Grace Project. We talk about how how all of that occurred and about period poverty, which is a term that I never heard until I met her. So now, because of her willingness to be courageous and show up for that call on her life, I am able to be a part of the mission that is helping so many women and children, and it's just such a beautiful honor. I really can't wait for you all to hear more about it. You can also help us to end period poverty and diaper need in Northern Colorado by sponsoring a woman with a month of period products or a child with a supply of diapers. Look for the links to donate in the show notes. So here we go. Let's dive in. Here is our roundtable interview with Emily. Welcome to this episode of the We Podcast. This is a very exciting episode. We are doing a, another round of things people don't talk about, which are my very favorite episodes. So if you haven't heard those in the past, go back and listen. But today we are going to be talking about an issue that I didn't know actually what it was until I met one of our guests today. So we have an awesome panel of ladies here. We have a combination of two amazing things that I'm a part of, two groups of leaders here to have this conversation with you. We have leaders from the We Spot, and we also have leaders from Grace Upon Grace Project, and you'll learn more about that really soon. Before we dive in, I would love for our ladies to say hello, introduce themselves so that you know what their voices sound like too. 
So we have Amy Norris, Heather Williams, and Emily Jorgensen here today. Which one of you wants to hop in first? I'll go. Okay. I'm Amy Norris. I'm a leader for the WeSpot team. I'm very excited to be here. I love this community and all the connection that it provides. Yeah, well, we're happy you're here. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, I am Heather Williams. I am also happy to be here and I am a leader in the WeSpot and also on the board for Grace Upon Grace Project. Awesome. Hello, I'm Emily Jorgensen and I am the founder of uh, Grace Upon Grace Project. And I'm very excited to be here to talk about something that most people don't know about or maybe are afraid to talk about. Yeah, it's my favorite. I think it's all of our favorites. (laughs) (laughs) The things people are afraid to talk about, right? Yeah. And don't know about. I think there's a big combination uh, with this topic and that I think there's a lot of lack of awareness. I feel like I'm a pretty aware person and I had no clue what this was. And so part of our goal today, I think, is to just expand people's understanding, but also help them to feel more comfortable in this conversation so that they can get involved and they can make a difference and, and, you know, partner along with us to make changes in, in this area. I'd love for you to start out, Emily. We are mainly focusing on Grace Upon Grace project today. And I'd love for you to talk about what that is exactly and give us a little bit of a backstory of how that got started. Okay. Um, So Grace Upon Grace project is a local nonprofit that is here to um, serve individuals and families with basic necessities such as period products and diapers and wipes. It is something that... I created based on some personal experiences that led to some very new understandings of our surroundings and um, what people experience. So it started back um, when the hurricanes hit down in Texas and I was seeing all over Facebook and some different social media outlets that people were in need of diapers and you could easily pack up some diapers and send them down to a local diaper bank. And so I created a post just in our local neighborhood to collect those items. And then my husband saw it and was like, "Uh, how do you plan on sending that stuff down there? Like it's going to be really expensive. And so I backed like panicked and took the post down. And of course he calls me and he's like, what are you doing? Like put it back up there. Let's just figure out how to make it bigger. And so something that was a very small event turned into this big event called Fill the Truck. And we ended up adding period products to the list of items that we were collecting because a lot of emergency shelters don't have access to period products or the diapers and wipes. So those were three things that individuals and families that were experiencing this crisis um, really needed. And so from there, we collected thousands of diapers, wipes, and period products and um, had them shipped down to a nonprofit called um, I Support the Girls and then to the um, Texas Diaper Bank. After the hurricanes, my life went on and I continued to just, it kind of was in the back of my mind of wanting to to help others and I just had to figure it out how I was going to make that impact in our local community. And so after I had my son, we took a trip um, to Greece. And while we were in Greece, I started my period. And it was my first one having, um, after having my son. So obviously it was relentless. And I had um, only packed a few period products that I normally have in my bag when I travel. So there I was for the very first time ever, rationing period products. I was mortified and didn't want to ask anybody, and we were on a cruise ship, so I didn't have access to just go buy anything. As we would get off at different stops, I would start looking around in stores, but I never saw anything of what to buy. And so that was two days before we left, and then when we went to get on the plane, um, our first flight was delayed, and I was on my very last tampon. And so as we were running through the airport to catch our second flight, 
I knew it was my last tampon and I, it's failed. And so I was running through the airport in my yoga pants with blood dripping down. And I just remember standing at the train to get to the next plane. And I was like squeezing my legs so nobody could notice because I was mortified. And I just knew I had to get to the plane and then I could figure it out. And so when we got to the plane, I grabbed my extra pair of pants that were in my carry-on and went to the bathroom. We all know the toilet paper in a bathroom on an airplane is not the best toilet paper. Absorbent. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) there I was trying to like clean myself up. I was sweating. It was hot. It was this tiny bathroom and I was in tears. I didn't want to, I didn't even think about asking a flight attendant for anything or anybody else because it's not something people talk about or ask for. You tend to just like make it work. And so there I was making it work in an airplane bathroom. I eventually got myself cleaned up and ended up using paper towels from the bathroom for the next nine hours for our flight home. I had to set my alarm for every hour to make sure I would go back and change it because I knew that the toilet or the paper towel wouldn't last for more than that. So we got off the plane and we had an overnight stay in Newark, New Jersey. So I still wasn't home yet and I still had no period products. And it was late, so there was nothing open in the airport. And so we got to the hotel, and I was just hoping that they would have like a little general store there. And of course, they didn't. So I mustered up the courage to ask the person behind the desk if they had any period products, almost as if I would be like shunned that people knew I had my period. Mm. Because it's again, it's taboo. Nobody talks about it, nobody wants to hear about it. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, they did have some um, that I could buy. But I spent $40 on period products for the next maybe 24 hours to get me home. Hmm. So I took this stuff up to my hotel room. And thankfully, I had a shower that I could um, clean up in and, I guess, regain my dignity by, you know, cleaning up. and, And afterwards, I sat down and I really started to think about what do people use when they don't have access to these products? And I started doing some research. And that's when I came across this idea of period poverty. It was new to me. I didn't actually know about it and never crossed my mind about if you don't have access to tampons or pads, what do you use? So after doing some research on the flight home, I was sitting next to my mother-in-law and I said, I'm going to do something about it. And she just said, oh, okay. Like, what do you think you're going to do? I said, I don't know yet. (laughs) And same thing. I got home and um, was in tears with my husband because I was so embarrassed about all of it. And I told him I wanted to do something. And he said, okay, like, let's figure out what we can do. And so I really started brainstorming and trying to figure out how we could get these products to people in our community, because there are people who need it, need maybe just a little extra support or truly don't have access to, to, to these products. So after brainstorming, I actually asked Heather to have coffee I was over at Heather's and we were just chatting and I I looked at her. I said, I I have this crazy idea. And she said, it's a perfect place to start. What is it? And I, you know, I talked to her about it, um, this idea of how can we give back to our community and give them the period products and diapers and wipes. From there, I had some really strong supporters. And I also had some people who were trying to convince me that it wasn't a need in our community then I guess that's when Grace Grace Project was born. Just after having some really great conversations with people and people encouraging me to to move forward with with this idea. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So here we are today. Yeah. Um, and we can get more into the details about what we're doing and, and the, the work that we're doing in the community. But I guess that's kind of the backstory behind it. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome in so many ways. And we'll definitely dive deeper into that. But I remember uh, Heather approaching me and saying, hey, here's this nonprofit. Here's the mission. I'm not going to tell you anything else. (laughs) Tell me if you're interested in being a part of it. And I was like, heck yes. Heck yes. Amazing, amazing mission to help people. And I want to dive more into the whole period poverty. I know I realize when thinking about period poverty, I'm like, gosh, this is like such a privileged perspective that I'm coming from that I had never even realized that it existed before. 
And that makes me feel a little like ashamed, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm so glad that I have awareness about it now. Let's just, yeah, let's open the floor. Let's talk about it. I mean, Amy, Heather, what's your experience with period poverty? Were you aware of it? Is it something that's been on your radar? Emily, you said you weren't aware of it prior to this experience. And yeah, just love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I I was aware, um, but not at the gravity of it and just how global the problem is. I have a tendency to think of these types of issues happening in other countries. And um, I am partnered with doTERRA, the essential oil company, and they have a charity that focuses specifically on giving back to other communities where they, they create um, handmade period products uh, mm. that are sustainable and reusable so that girls can go to school. So I did have some awareness about it. I um, have been blessed to never personally um, struggle with it. Um, and I'm grateful for that for my daughters as well. But just even hearing about it from my daughters in the local schools and them often asking for me to buy an extra box of tampons so that they can give some to their friends if they need them. But yeah, the problem is bigger than, than I ever fully realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And much more local, I yes. think, than we realize too. Mm-hmm. How about yeah. you, Amy? I, yeah, until I heard Emily speak at one of our meetups, I, I was in tears, honestly, uh, listening to it. I never, just sharing your story was so touching. And yeah, it just really opened up my, my mind and my heart to, to period poverty. I didn't, never even crossed my mind, definitely locally or in our country. So yeah, I'm grateful to, to learn about it and help in any way I can. I think there's this like misconception that it always happens like somewhere else, but until like you experience it or you like talk to somebody who has like experienced it, it's just like, it's not, it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's so far away it seems, but the reality is when you look at the price of, of period products and how expensive they are and and being forced to maybe choose between Mm -hmm. this idea of like, I either need period products for myself or maybe my kiddos or, you know, putting food on my table. When you really think about that, like it's a tough decision to make because you still have to go to school. You still have to go to work. And whether you have those period products or not, like your period still comes every month, mm-hmm. whether you want it to or not, and you find a way to make it work. So I think what's, what's really sad is when you start to think about what people use in place of those period products. And that's what I think really hit home. And like I started doing some research, it's like people who don't have access to those period products are are using paper towels or rags. But then when you think about people who don't even have access to those items, they're using newspapers or old rags that they find in a trash can. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that level of dignity that people lose Mm -hmm. when they, when they're forced to, to use those items instead, I think that's, what's really hard to to stomach Mm -hmm. almost is like, it's sad. It's really sad that people don't have access to clean products. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a health risk too. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about periods in general, because I think that this is a huge reason why period poverty is not talked about because we don't talk about periods (laughs) either. (laughs) Like periods are a taboo topic. I know for me growing up, like when I started my period, I was horrified. My parents didn't talk to me about it. I didn't even really know what the heck was going on. I thought I was dying. (laughs) Like there's something wrong with me. I'm bleeding internally. I'm going to die because it's just not, it, it was not something I was really educated about because I feel like the topic of periods in general can just feel shameful and dirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess like growing up, my mom talked to me about it. Um, I was comfortable with my mom, but then my parents were divorced. So then I, when I went to go visit my dad, I remember being on my period and I remember I like bled, it was the middle of like overnight and I bled through and it was on the sheets and I was so mortified. And thankfully, like that was the day I left to go back to my mom. So I didn't even tell my dad. I just like, 
made my bed in hope that like maybe he would never notice (laughs) which is like okay come on (laughs) um but it is this topic that but then I think it's like slowly getting better but I think that when you think about like the commercials they don't even show blood they show like what blue liquid or something instead and so there's this idea then too that like men are embarrassed about like we're having our period like think about how I don't know like I still would like catch myself putting my tampon in my pocket or up my sleeve when I have to go to the Mm -hmm. bathroom and change it and it's just this I don't know why it's so taboo it's just I'm hoping fingers crossed as things progress that we start talking more about it and we have these hard conversations especially with our kiddos Mm -hmm. boys and girls to teach them like it's not a bad thing it's part of our biology and it's what we need to do in order to have babies and Mm -hmm. it's maybe a celebration when you don't like when you have your period for some you know for some and so like it's yeah it just needs to be talked about more Mm -hmm. I know Heather does that with her daughters but yeah yeah, when we were going to the first uh, market day for grace upon grace project I I figured, okay, well, I probably need to inform my son what a period is, or he's going to be like, what are you giving away? I'm confused. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yes, he was a bit horrified by the conversation. Um, It's hard to explain to a young child who doesn't get it. And so I think that's why sometimes parents avoid it. Like, yeah, honey, there's blood that comes out of a woman's private area. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Help me understand this. It's hard to understand at a young age too, I think, but important. So important. Sarah, I love that you had that conversation with Logan and I'm sure that he had some interesting questions. (laughs) Yes, he definitely, it was, it was a very interesting conversation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, having daughters myself, it's always been an important thing for me to talk about. And my life partner, Zach, has three boys. And I remember asking him a few years ago, like, do your boys know what a period is? And he was like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you should probably start having that conversation. But with mm-hmm. my girls, I just am, have always been very open. Um, you know that even from before I was a mom, I was always very transparent and open and almost dealt with shame and embarrassment by calling it out. So I was like, Hey, just started my period. (laughs) And then when my daughters were born, I always kind of just had an open bathroom policy at my house. And so from the time they were babies, they saw me showering and changing tampons. And so once they started asking me questions about that stuff, it was just a very natural progression and they didn't know any different. And I actually have a really funny story. When JC was three or four, she was in a stall with me. We were at the Western Stock Show and I had to change a tampon and thankfully I had one accessible. And she asked me, why are you sticking that up your butt? <laughs> and the stalls next to me started laughing. <laughs> I'm not sticking it up my butt. And it was just a really funny experience. But I remember when they started to get a little bit older, I would tell them how exciting it was um, when they were going to start to go through, you know, their cycle with their hormones. And we treated it like a goddess experience. And so they called me right when they started and we had products ready for them and they got to choose which products were best for them. So I was able to go get some pads and panty liners and tampons. And I really tried to make it be this, this beautiful like how privileged we are to be the ones that have the wombs that create that, that cycle of life. And then they got to, uh, we did like a little ceremony and they got to choose where we went out to dinner and they got to go get a new outfit. And so I kind of really wanted to embrace this reality that we just get to experience. And yeah, there are things about it that are hard and that suck, but you know, just trying to make it be this beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. that's really cool I don't think mm-hmm. I knew that that's a really neat whole idea to you know embrace it instead of being shameful and hiding it because mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's the reality we're gonna have them for the next how many years like yeah. it's just well and then Emily, you got to see JC at when we were packaging the wipes at your house mm-hmm. and she was like oh I'm on my period and I get back cramps really bad and you were able to share I don't even remember was it my doll you had yeah some- and gave her some of that. And so, so really they, I, I see the results of them 
being in that environment where there isn't shame or stigma associated with it. They, they aren't super thrilled to have to deal with their periods, but it's also just very normalized for them. I think that's great. I mean, I, I don't know. I just remember like even moving in with Neil, my husband, I like hid my period products in a drawer because I was mortified and I was like 30 some years old, you know, and it wasn't until after we had kids and our daughter was like pulling my tampons out of our, my period drawer (laughs) that like, I think he posted a picture or something on Facebook and I was like, oh my gosh, you're putting my period (laughs) products out there. (laughs) But then I was just like, whatever, I don't even care. Like it was just, but it's really look at how different Mm -hmm. like those upbringings were and like how like one was very shameful and the other one was very like celebratory about it Mm -hmm. and how long it took me to really be okay with the world knowing I had a period every month. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And then a few, well, right around the time my oldest daughter was getting ready to start her period, my husband and I went through a divorce and I'm so grateful that we had that infrastructure that we did because he was already buying me period products. And so it was an easier experience for him to now have, you know, teenage daughters and, and he could help them through that journey as well. And yeah, they were a little bit more embarrassed to, you know, have those conversations with him, but they, they had a pretty solid foundation of, you know, I, this is just something I have to deal with. And so he was more comfortable and they were more comfortable too. It's huge. It makes me wish I would have done something like that with Aubrey. But I think uh, we talk about it openly. I just needed a ceremony. I like I, that. Like, I do too. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to write that idea down. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's awesome. Really. I mean, that's a huge part of actually truly embracing who you are, mm-hmm. embracing your femininity and the beauty of that. And I love the way that you said that, Heather. And we get to be the ones that, you know, gets to create that life and what a privilege that is. How about for you, Amy? Uh, Yeah, I grew up, there was no shame in our house around it. So I was really fortunate. My mom was very open and I definitely have a lot of stories about being embarrassed. I think the first time I really was embarrassed about it was when I went to, we lived in Maryland. We came to Colorado to go skiing for the first time and I bled all over my ski suit had like one of those one piece suits on with the suspenders mm. and I went into the lodge and my those mom are was, not very conducive for period <laughs> or no. anything but they look cute. I, I don't love them now, but um, <laughs> yeah, I came into the lodge cause my mom didn't ski and she just very kindly, like, you know, didn't make a big deal, but was like, Hey, uh, you know, I just got the hint that there was red all over my ski Mm. suit. And so that, and my aunt who lived out here worked in a hospital and that's the day she like saved my embarrassment because she said hydrogen peroxide, just go in that bathroom and take them right off and we'll dump hydrogen peroxide all over them and it'll take the blood out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've, you know, so I don't know, I feel like so safe with my hydrogen peroxide in my cabinet. It saves all <laughs> your underwear. It saves yes. all of them. <laughs> you don't have I? to have period underwear anymore. <laughs> I'm 40 years old and I don't have a period anymore and I didn't know that. <laughs> well, pass it on. Pass it on to Aubrey. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. And so I just pass it on to even my daughter and um, we didn't do a ceremony. That sounds cool, but we, we made a big deal out of it. And, you know, and my son knows too you know, so we talk about it at the dinner table. Like mm-hmm. I leave tampons out on my counter and, you know, we have people in and out of our house all the time and I just don't care. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard your story, Emily, I was just, I haven't ever experienced shame around my period. So it was so, it just really brought a lot of awareness to me. Like, wow. Like I just never had the outlook or ever had any of those feelings. I felt like I could always ask somebody for a tampon or even in a stall or so. Yeah. I just can't thank you enough for sharing that story. Cause I didn't have that perspective until now, honestly. I love You're how welcome. we have <laughs> such different, like vast experiences, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but still I'll have a heart to want to help. I had so much shame about everything that had to do with my body. So periods were (laughs) a part of my body. (laughs) I think I was the same way, Sarah. Like we, my, my mom was always super open about everything, but also like, I don't think I was ever comfortable in my body to like 
truly be open about it. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I didn't really become open until after having kids and I was at the hospital at that point. I had no choice. I was just like, here's everything. (laughs) And I wish that I would have had that, like that strength and courage as a, as a young girl, because I think it, it can totally change like your journey. I think, um, on so many different levels, I think it's, it, it gives me hope for like raising my kiddos to, to give them that strength and courage that I see like in Heather's daughters and like they're, they're just so comfortable with who they are. Not meaning that like all of a sudden, just because you have this strength and courage, you're never going to have any issues in life with like who you are. But um, it, I think it does ease a little bit of the, the pain that comes with, with growing up. So. Yeah. It makes me think about how periods are really so strongly correlated to probably conversation about sex and Mm -hmm. I was just thinking that yeah just knowing your body feeling comfortable talking about your body understanding what's going on looking at your body all of those things are you know go hand in hand Mm -hmm. think about that until you guys just said that dang Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you have to have that conversation about sex with your kids that's a whole nother (laughs) that's a whole nother story (laughs) no oh man Oh yeah, yeah. I I'm like I'm in the trenches of that right now with an eight year old. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I you know I, I as as hard as that experience was and feeling that shame, Amy, when you talk about that story, it brought me to where I am today, and it really like helped brought like grace upon grace project to to the surface. So as hard as it was, and I think like. Sarah, you can maybe jump in on this too. Like you have those shameful experiences around certain topics and it like gives you kind of a, another perspective. And then, so like you said, we all have these different experiences to bring to the table and it um, like really kind of molds like what we do in the future to help others. So I think Mm -hmm. that's really cool. So yeah, it planted a seed for you, Emily. Mm-hmm. And I remember how afraid you were. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? This problem is so big mm-hmm. and I don't know where to start and I can't do it all. And I remember I gave you um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, uh, Big Magic. And she talks about that so much and how you have this, this thought or this idea planted into your heart and it's up to you if you're going to take it. And I think you just do the next right thing and focus <laughs> on where you are, whether that's your block or your neighborhood or your city. Um, you just start, you start somewhere. And I'm so proud of you for just starting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There's yes. a lot of moments I was like, what am I doing? And you would like bring me back in like, this is your focus. This is your area. Cause it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's really scary when you put that out there and you hear people tell you like, no, nobody's going to need these products. And you know, like it, you're not going to make it work. And I mean, I, th- I think I come back to you guys probably once a week being like, holy cow, what am I doing? Like I need help here. Or I'm like, I need to like slow down. We have such a great group of volunteers and a great support team that's like helping drive this and so I think that's really important to acknowledge as well that mm-hmm. granted I like the seed was planted in me but I wouldn't have been brought to life without all of the support I have and then like mm-hmm. that we continue to grow because we have people who believe in us so. mm-hmm. I think though I want to zone in on that a little bit because I think that there's a lot of importance in following a prompt, like something happens in our life, right? We experience something and a lot of times it's something really hard and scary and it makes an impact on us. But then we have a prompt, like this is something that needs to happen or you get laid on your heart. I want to help other people with this. And I think everyone listening to this probably has had a prompt of some sort And whether or not we listen to it, though, is the difference. Whether or not we say, yes, I'm going to listen, I'm going to act, I'm going to take the step forward to actually do something and and listen to that prompt or getting consumed by the, this is too big, this is too scary, I can't do this. Huge, huge, really like two different ways that you can go. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And the choice is ours. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's scary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. One of the things that I'm seeing happen right now is now that you've said yes to that prompt in your heart, Emily, you're now having people come to you. How can I help? Have you heard about this thing that's going on over here? And let's partner together. And so this web of helpers is is being created and there are other organizations out there and you're filling in a specific gap right now here in our local community but now we're being connected with all of these other helpers that were always there already doing the work in the in the trenches and now it's like we're linking arms with these people um, and it's it's a, an amazing thing and I'm really excited to see where we're going to go next it's kind of like when you when you say yes, things fall into place. Mm-hmm. But it's that like taking that initial step yep. to say yes. Okay, I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna follow through. And how much courage that takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time you've been scared, like oh, we don't have enough product for our next pop up. Guess what comes? Guess what shows up on the front door? More products, you yeah. know. And it just it keeps happening. You're in flow right now, and it's amazing. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of fear that like it's gonna fail and um, we're not gonna be able to help the people that they want to help and like the amount of people. But it does. It just you have to truly trust the process, and I think that's one thing that like you guys have have really talked like talked me through with this whole thing is that obviously you're gonna have like really strong days where you're like ready to take on the world, and then you have other days where you're like trying to just figure out how to like better serve your small community. And so I think that when I talk to you guys about it, you guys have just been really patient with like this slow growth. And then like you said, like you guys have said, like no matter how slow we're growing, we're still reaching more and more people in our community and connecting with more people, which has been really neat to see. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a better understanding of exactly what the needs are and how yeah. we can best connect those needs with our, with the resources. Mm-hmm. Cause I think one thing that's important to remember, like, growing up privileged, like your needs are very different than some of the other needs of, of the people that need our services. And so I think what's another key, key fact is that like every walk of life at some point needs help, really helping them without judgment, no matter where they're at. And maybe they come see you every month for products, or maybe they come every six months when the paychecks are just, you know, they're really like something comes up and so their paycheck that they needed that month wouldn't cover their products is also really important to remember. So is there any existing program out there uh, for, for people in need to get access to period products and diapers? Like there, like there's WIC for food. Is there any existing program out there for diapers and period products? No, you can't use like you can't use WIC to buy period products or diapers. So period products are considered a luxury item. So they actually have a ta- a special tax on them as well. That's some bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is bullshit. Yeah. Um, and so it did actually go to, there's talk about trying to, to fight it. And it was addressed, I think, in 2017 or 2016. And then they said we would come back and readdress it. I think in, I could have my years wrong. But they would come back and address it a few years later. And we haven't looked at it yet again. But it's really interesting when you think about, like, um, I think in Texas, for example, if you're part of a, um, like, a gun club, you can write that off. And then if you, like, Viagra, um, there's no, like, special tax on Viagra. But here we are our biology is requiring us to have a period and we have to pay an extra tax on, and they call it a pink tax. So then we have to pay an extra tax on, on these period products. And then when you look at diapers, again, it's something that families need, but they don't have the funds for it. And so when you think about that poverty cycle, it really is all connected because what happens is when parents need to go to work when it comes to diapers and they send their kids to childcare, most childcare um, facilities require disposable diapers. And so you need to have enough diapers to get them through the day. And so what happens is if they run out of diapers, the parents don't go to work. And so then if the parents don't go to work, they lose their job. And so here we are, like this cycle just never breaks. And when you think about 
period products, the same thing happens. If you don't have period products, you potentially don't go to work because you're on your period and you have nothing to use. Or so school. You, or school, yeah. So then these girls are missing out on like educational opportunities. So this this poverty cycle truly is linked to this these basic needs that need to be met. I think that's where when we talked about products we would carry at Grace Upon Grace Project is that we really talked about those main products that people need to get through daily life. But then also they're really linked, like you said, Sarah, to like health, like your health. When you look at people who don't always have access to diapers or they have to to ration them, they wash them with bleach and then let them dry and then they will reuse a disposable diaper or Mm. they keep their kiddos in a wet diaper and they change them maybe, you know, once every like 12 hours. And so then they're put at a high risk of like a urinary tract infection. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these kiddos who really need to have a dry diaper are like, they don't have them because parents truly can't afford them. I mean, an average box of diapers, depending on the brand, is somewhere normally between like $30 to $40. So mm-hmm. that gets expensive. It's a, it's a hard expense for sure. I think for most families, mm-hmm. I know, you know, we were middle income and having a small child is expensive, <laughs> hard to keep up with formula and diapers and all of the things that are required. Yeah. Yeah. And it like, it, it like formula. So I, when I sat down to really like think about what the cost of everything is for like a kiddo, you know, we go through probably, I don't know, probably a box and a half of diapers a month. So like anywhere from like 60 to $80 truly for diapers, depending on, it varies obviously. And then you throw in wipes and then our formula, cause our little ones on special formula, it's like or it's like $40 for a can of formula. And then we go through two cans of formula a week. Mm -hmm. Like when you really break that down, like Mm -hmm. it's expensive. And so if you're forced to choose between putting food on the table for your other family members or letting a kiddo sit in a wet diaper a little bit longer, like it's hard. Yeah. But that almost seems like a natural choice. Like, of course I'm going to feed my family. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that we, you know, at Grace Upon Grace Project, what we're trying to do is just alleviate that pain a little bit by giving, we're supplementing them Mm -hmm. um, just to maybe get them through that, that week until um, those few days until they get their paycheck or, you know, maybe that kiddo sits in a wet diaper a little less time. Yes. Uh Um, You know, we can't fix all the problems, but we're really trying to do what we can to help with that. One other thing I want to just touch on is, too, I think I, you know, heard you talking about the importance of having a support team, a community of people. And I think, you know, I think about the people listening to this right now, and a lot of people don't feel like they have people like we have here in this community where we can go and talk about these things that that aren't talked about. I think the importance of seeking out people that you can talk to about the hard stuff, about your period, about sex, about whatever it is that holds shame. And I know that this has been, it's important in my life. I mean, my support system is everything. None of this would exist. I'd just like to talk about that. Amy, do you have any thoughts? Around support systems, like or how whatever, it is. yeah, Even, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just like um, checking in with myself and how I'm feeling right now too. I just have a deep sense of just how important it is to feel connected to somebody who is on your side, so that you can have difficult conversations, even if it's one person or two people or however many. The period pro- poverty really just like resides in my heart when I hear the shame around our bodies and our culture. Sarah, you mentioned like, why is it? It's almost like a disgusting thing is what I'm sensing for people to bring up or, and it's such, um, it's a, it's just a shame. So I can understand how people would feel so much shame around that. And to think that there are women out there who 
are just feeling shame around mentioning the fact that they need help. And I think in our culture, asking for help in general is looked at as very weak Mm -hmm. uh, when honestly it's one of the strongest things any one of us could ever do is ask for help. Um, It's such a huge power for any, I admire anybody who can, who can ask for help because it's a really hard thing to do, unfortunately. And so I think the back to the connection piece and having building a community where you feel safe and comfortable is a really hard thing to find because a lot of people don't want to ask for that help or ask for that kind of connection Um, Mm -hmm. or don't even really know they're seeking it. Do you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a really intimate thing that you're talking about anyway, especially on the period product side. Like it's a very, intimate topic it's a very everybody obviously has different perspectives around it but it is it's a really intimate topic to bring up to somebody so i think it takes a lot of to be in a certain space anyway with your vulnerability to bring something like that up too so there's just so many pieces to all of it Mm -hmm. my mind is just yeah kind of scattered around it but yeah i just yeah have this yeah just feel super strong in my heart right now Mm -hmm. for what you're doing Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for women in general, like we really, it's so important for us to come together and support each other and lift mm-hmm. each other up. Like it's critical, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I yeah. think in my experience, one of the most beautiful things I'm a part of or get to witness now is, is women coming together. I remember growing up, I always thought I got along better with men because women were kind of like the enemy and we were kind of against each other. And there was like this competition. Um, and that's all bullshit too. Can we get rid of that? And the, yeah. the luxury tax on yeah. products. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's why I also have been working so hard with my daughters to kind of break that cycle because we are so much better when we rally together. And once one woman in that space has the courage to be vulnerable, the rest just, it kind of just starts pouring out from everyone. And, and then we get to see that we're not alone and we're all afraid and we all need help no matter who we are, what our status is, what our income is, what our personal journey is. We all have these stories and we all want to help um, and be seen. And it's, it's amazing. I'm grateful to have aged to this point to get to witness that. So it took me a long time to get there. And I don't think I really ever felt that way until like I met Heather. And then after Mm. meeting Heather, she like taught me all about like this inner strength and this like power of vulnerability. And then like from there, I met even more amazing women through like going to the Wii spot uh, or like the, the, the group meetups. And then just even random people that I've met have come in like that have come into my life I think because I've let those walls down almost and Mm -hmm. like this is who I am take it or leave it but I'm going to be there for you and so I think that's like such a cool concept of like women coming together and like this is it this we have each other and and so to be able to have that that support group is huge because I was kind of the same way Heather growing up like I didn't want to hang out with girls and like um, I never really had like some really good experiences with like girlfriends I had a couple from high school that I really connected with and they are like probably like at the core where I can go back now and like I'm not like we are always so threatened by each other um, mm-hmm. and intimate maybe I don't know if threatens the right word like intimidated and so now I'm like, I love meeting strong, powerful women. Like it is the coolest thing to, to sit with them and have a conversation with them and like learn their story because most of those people that have those like that are strong and powerful now have gone through some of the hardest shit you would ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, wow, we have a lot in common. And mm-hmm. so to get to that point is it's pretty amazing. So That's so true. And being able yeah. to, yeah, that shift because usually I know for me, like earlier in life, I was so intimidated by strong, powerful women that I was like, Oh no, they point (laughs) out my insecurities. So I'm going to run away from them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, to be able to see that we do have so much in common, I totally agree. That so good. So good. I would ever have shared like my story about, like my, like that whole situation in the bathroom and like how horrible it was 10 years ago, I would have mm-hmm. hid from it. I would have like never told a soul about it because it was so embarrassing. And now I'm like, 
I shout it to the world. I will never forget. I went into a bank. <laughs> Amen. And I, I sat down in this guy's office because I was like, okay, we need some places to do donation drives. And I walked into his office and I'm like, all right, are you ready? I'm like, here it is. This is what happened. And I'm like telling him, I'm like, I'm bleeding through my pants and I get into the bathroom and like, he's just staring at me. And I'm he like, started writing you a check before you even finished. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, uh, what I did I just it. do? <laughs> and then, but at the end he's like, I have a wife and I have kids. So I totally understand that. But it was just that feeling of like, I don't even care. I'm going to tell the world. Mm-hmm. And, but I, and I would have never done that 10 years ago. So I think to be at this point and to have that support group that teaches like, vulnerability is okay. And like being scared Mm -hmm. is okay is, has just taught me and like helped me grow so much. So. Yeah. And just residing in the biology of your body, like there's nothing wrong with it. It's, (laughs) you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, I hope that other women can listen to this and not even women, like girls, individuals, whoever can really listen to this and like walk away knowing that feel a little bit stronger, a little bit more courageous about um, their journey or life story. And, and I don't know, go shout it from the mountains, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether people hear you or not, but be proud of it. So and right. say yes to the seed that's been planted in their yeah. heart. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you so much. I would love Emily for you to let people know how they can find Grace Pond Grace Project and this isn't, I mean, we're distributing products in Northern Colorado, but uh, it doesn't just have to be people who live here who can get involved too. So can you speak to that? Yeah. I always just say like, find whether you're in Northern Colorado or not, find a local organization um, that you can partner with or donate to. Everything's stored and taking place in my basement, except for when we distribute products, um, we're distributing products um, in Loveland right now at Loveland's Community Kitchen. Um, we're looking to expand that and grow into Greeley and then continue to grow about Northern Colorado. Um, but there's so many organizations across the world that really need this support around um, period poverty and diaper need. And even if you can't find a local organization, one neat thing you can always do is stick some period products in your car. And when you see someone who might be in need, or if someone asks you, share, 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 share. And if you want more information for Grace Upon Grace, you can always find, we have a website, just graceupongraceproject.org. It's on Instagram and Facebook. And we're always looking for partners for donation drives or even volunteers to come um, hang out in my basement and sort products <laughs> <laughs> or even join us at market days as we tend to as we like grow about northern Colorado we're going to need some different volunteer groups to kind of take place like take over each market day so we'll have some really great opportunities for that too mm-hmm. so, yeah and yeah. it is a nonprofit. yes and one c3 so you we are a tax write-off Yes. Yeah. So you can also donate, you can donate your time, money. We also need like a food truck. If anybody listening, (laughs) yes. you know, don't be, I'm just going to put it out there. You never know. (laughs) One of our dreams is to be mobile. And instead of serving food, we're going to serve period and diaper products. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You never know who's listening to that. That's worth it. Right. I'm going to love it. Like we're going to have a period, like a truck parked in front of our house. It will not just be my basement anymore. We will have a food truck in front of our house. What are you doing this weekend? I'm driving the period truck around. (laughs) Oh, that would be so great. That'd be so amazing. One day, one day, big dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, we should uh, aim big, right? Yes. <laughs> I have this image in my head. Remember the old bookmobiles where you could like walk yeah. in and pick your books? Like you could just walk in and yeah. pick your period yeah. products, mm-hmm. your diapers. Yeah. 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 And one more cool thing about Grace Upon Grace Project is it's no questions asked. You don't have yeah. to provide any proof of anything. You just show up and, and we give you what you yeah. need. I think that's a huge component of it because it is um, just giving people back their dignity without even asking them if like for proof because we should not have to prove that we are in need of period products or diapers um so you know i think that's a a huge component of of what we're doing too is you don't have to sit through an intake meeting you don't have to prove that you're 
short on money this month and you can come every month and ideally what we would like to do down the road is for people to be able to come every two weeks to get products that will be when we can get um, another location established or our food truck our period and diaper truck um Mm -hmm. so yeah every you know once a month you come get what you need no questions asked and then um spread the word you never know who needs something yeah yeah that's that's a big thing too is spreading the word about who we are and and what we're doing so yeah and helping just to spread awareness you know opening your own awareness on the issue looking into more information about this problem and i the reality is is i think we all have an embarrassing period story Mm -hmm. uh i'm sitting here thinking Mm -hmm. about mine and i'm like oh yeah should i share that no i'm good (laughs) uh come on sarah be brave (laughs) well we're wrapping I I could share a really gross, embarrassing story that happened two days ago. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's how we should end all of us sharing our embarrassing stories. I have so many embarrassing stories, but yesterday I had my period and it's really, really heavy the first Mm. two days. And so overnight is really tough for me. So I got out of bed and I'm walking to the bathroom and I'm just all of a sudden dripping blood all down mm-hmm. my legs and I had to walk across all this carpet. Oh, no. So I have blood spots everywhere in my bedroom carpet and my husband's sleeping and I went, I got my hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> I took my tampon out and I was like, all right, putting hydrogen peroxide all over my carpet and my blood all over my legs. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, do you really want to know? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just getting blood out of our carpet. I had a really heavy flow. And he was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go back to bed. Do you need any help? <laughs> so and it was kind of, it was, you know, I was, I wasn't ashamed, but I was definitely, you know, kind of embarrassed, yeah. but I was like, you know what, this is where I am right now. And mm-hmm. this is what's happening. And if someone walked in my house, oh, well, I can't, you know, I'm not going to manage their emotions around it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Like we can't control how other people perceive things. And so we have to just do what we can do for ourselves and to to lift others up. But I think that's a huge piece of advice. Totally. I'll tell mine really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear. So I (laughs) did used to do a lot of court ordered work and I testified in court a lot And one time I was testifying in court, I used to have a very heavy flow. I've had a hysterectomy now and I don't have a period anymore, which I love. But (laughs) prior to that, I I had adenomyosis. And so once a month, like it was so heavy, so, so heavy. And so I went to testify in court and you're on the the stand. Like there's really nothing that you can do about how long you're up there. And I was on my period. I had a tampon and a pad, both. And I was on the stand for like hour and 45 minutes, two hours, a long time. And when I stood up to be done, I stood up and blood just went rushing down both of my legs. I mean, in front of a like Luckily that, you know, there's like the little wall in front of the stand and I had on tall boots and a dress. So like nothing to block it, but it went down in my boots and I'm like trying to pull my dress down. I have no clue if anybody saw it, but I was, it was humiliating. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here like presenting as an expert in this topic and here I am. So it's, it doesn't stop just because like you said, you have to go to work and you have to play that role. That's how badass women are, right? Mm-hmm. Being an expert and bleeding all at the same time. <laughs> Amen, sister. Oh, I love that. So That's where we need to add right there. <laughs> yeah. we are. Done. We yeah. are. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being ladies who can have this conversation and who can help other people be more aware and feel more brave to have the conversation with the people around them as well. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Yes. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for listening to the prompt and following that. And so now we all get to be a part of that. It's amazing. Thank you. I love your heart. Thanks. 
All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The WE Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.